Coming up on the podcast, the dystopian classic from 2006, set in 2027, starring Clive Owen in the Where Are They Now file. Uh, it's Children of Men by Alfonso Cuaron. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hey there, listener, and welcome to the Magnificent Huge Podcast. This is Chris, and this week, along with Eric and Brian, we're going to talk about the 2006 erstwhile dystopian classic, Children of Men. Ever hear of it? Some of you may have not, because it seems to have disappeared from the cultural consciousness almost as soon as it came out, which is strange, because it's directed by Alfonso Cuaron, fresh off the success of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, it's got Clive Owen at the peak of his Clive Owen-ness, uh, before he kind of just went away. I guess he's doing stuff. I don't know. It's got Julianne Moore. Yeah, it's Julianne Moore. Uh, Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine. Um... And a cast of thousands. Oh, Chutel Ejiofor, uh, you know from uh, Marvel movies and Kinky Boots and uh, Serenity, etc., etc. Anyway, it's a dystopian movie set in the near future of 2027, even though it was made in 2006. Uh, let's see, people are infertile, uh, no babies being born for like 20 years, and industrial pollution. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we got uh, immigration issues. We've got uh, authoritarian regimes. Uh, it's really pretty much uh, a documentary, if I'm being honest. And that's what's so weird, because it nailed so much about what we are as a culture right now. But it did it like, you know, 15 years ago or whatever math works out to 2006. I'm terrible at math, so don't know what else to tell you so yeah we're going to talk about uh how it just sort of uh came and went and then uh disappeared and it shouldn't because it is a right good movie that you should go out and see pronto uh yeah kind of a gut punch but it's still really good so yeah watch that uh listen to the show send us an email to magnificentlyhugegmail.com you can catch us on our website maghuge.com where we all have uh links and things uh you can also send us a message on twitter formerly twitter i guess is x now uh facebook instagram all that jazz and then of course wherever you find your podcasts uh without further ado children of men from 2006 Ugh. oh baby it's time for the magnificently huge podcast woo woo disco call <laughs> Friday, thank God it's Friday. Friday, Friday, thank God. Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is Chris. <laughs> hey, Chris. This is hey. Brian. Hey, Brian. I'm Eric. What's going on, Eric? People call, but people call me Eric. But but you can call him Eric. <laughs> Eric. Because uh, I'm Eric. So, yeah. Funny, funny story, Eric. God damn it, uh, make it stop. <laughs> so we're we're watching a, a hockey game the other day. Uh, yeah, and it like through Hulu, and you get like feeds from the various regions, so you can get like the local commentary. Uh, my wife, I can't remember what teams were playing, but at some point 
the sound on the feed just started going wonky uh and they started talking slower and deeper and <laughs> colder and longer and, and it made me think of the time <laughs> we did that to you yeah where, oh that was fun we just where we're like what's the matter e and you couldn't tell if we were fucking with you or not no i knew uh, you were but i didn't know how to react to it and it's so like <laughs> but the longer i like stared at you the more awkward it became and i couldn't go no 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 i know you're fucking with me and you're like oh sure you do and it's it was like i was I trapped just, in a meta moment yeah i just remember what looked like a uh an expression of panic on your face when you were trying to figure out is like is this really happening or is this just in my head and then you looked over to our other friend <laughs> shane uh to kind of get confirmation thinking that he would just confirm that yeah it's all a joke and he starts going what's what i don't understand what's matter <laughs> you're like oh fuck you <laughs> no the so. thing the thing that blew it was brian because like you were all fucking with me like that and then i like turned to brian who's like my the one lifeline i can trust and brian you just go yeah <laughs> and i was like oh i'm fucked that's it yeah uh, so yeah so that was the vibe because the because the the commentary the, like it was just doing play by play but it just started getting into like this and it didn't mess with what was going on on the screen <laughs> and we were like what in the hell is going like do you hear this is this me what's going on and then it made me think of also many years ago <laughs> anyway. actually chris you were just high and the and they were fucking with you but you know that's i mean that's that's very much uh possibility right there <laughs> and, and, if i'm being uh, uh anyway yeah, welcome. that did screw uh, me up pretty bad that night yeah <laughs> you fool you trust me for things uh, okay. i love it yeah you go to trust brian like he's gonna help you after uh you get fucking with him on the ren and stimpy game that one time where you just <laughs> would have let him finish the level you no no seriously i'll let you do it this burned time. me to death while you were on acid y'all can die oh no no we did not i said yeah yeah we should definitely not do that I, I led mm -hmm. with this is something that that I do not condone. However, but we yeah. could, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, but that serves we you absolutely coulda. That's the thing. Yeah. We coulda. But what? I, did but you, did any of you check to see if I was breathing before you started discussing whether or not you could light me on fire? That's really my oh, of question. Course. Okay. Of, of course, wink, wink, sure. nudge, yeah. nudge. Of course, yeah. we did. Yeah, Safety bear check. in mind that like as we were saying that we were saying right brian and you would go ha, 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 ha. so we assumed <laughs> honestly we were, that's <laughs> that's good to hear because I've, I've kind of yeah. wondered this whole time whether like if i had died would anybody have noticed in that moment i wasn't sure <laughs> no and they never heard from him again yeah but i mean anyway. it's it's basically what you get what we get for uh sending you out for snacks and you come back with like a stoned wheat thins yeah Get well it? we were young like trying dumb. to make us laugh yeah <laughs> so that's what we said we should light him on fire but let's wait till he passes out <laughs> i at no time actually wanted to set brian on fire i didn't know let's be clear let's be clear that did not yeah. happen <laughs> no <laughs> hey anyway, so welcome to the program now, now that we're yeah. not talking about things that only happened to us like 30 years ago why don't we talk about something that's happened it's more what? recently to only us in the section we, yeah. segment we call the fresh shit this shit is fresh it's why the people pay the big monies for the show 
is to hear they've us stop listening. Yes, about they've this gotten stuff. every <laughs> every penny's worth out of this show already. Is what I'm yeah. saying. So, um, are there any uh, any series or sequels out that you've seen, Brian? That's not MCU related. I don't think there is actually. Anything, right? No, I had I had completely other fresh shit this week, but I can get into it. Uh, last week, Eric was telling us about a game he's been playing on Game Pass. I'll tell you about one I've been playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Lies of P. Okay. <laughs> so, is that like the is that like friends of P? It's it the rentals. Like, there's like, no you way get I'm going to... with a jellyfish the... and you pee on yourself. That'll neutralize the burn. That's a lie. There's no way I can be able to describe this lie. game. It tastes, and not... it tastes like warm lemonade. No, no, no. That's a lie. <laughs> no, no, if you get I'm stung by a jellyfish, this. you got to pour vinegar on it. It's not pee, you dumbass. Hey, you guys that's don't even lie. know what you should be making fun of yet. Let me talk. No, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We got up onto a tangent. <laughs> so, all right. So I've, I've been a sucker for these FromSoft Dark Souls games. And there's a lot of companies trying to make games that are like them, but none of them are, are as good as the, as the real shit. And Lies of P is that good it is a full-on dark souls style game is, but you gotta so understand wait, wait, can we just clarify is it is it the letter p or is the it letter like p. p as in okay p is his initial because this okay. is i wish i was kidding dark souls pinocchio okay you are pinocchio and you kill the living shit out of a bunch of other puppets and robots and mutated humans. It is a dark, like, Belle Epoque era take on the story of fucking Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. that's why they call him P, because they, they can't say Pinocchio. I'm interesting reason. than the, the urine part. You know. I guess. I mean, would it help if I told you that the way that you upgrade your skills is that you have to go and manipulate your pee organ? Uh, oh my god. I wish I was uh, kidding. No. Wow. Well, that, yeah. Man. That's wow. either like a complete lack of forethought or really, really intense forethought. I mean, it's made in Korea, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Interesting. So it's um, Korea. So so basically, Korean Pinocchio is just downright weird. Is I what mean, you're saying. it's it's it, it's Pinocchio, but like through a, a you know a dark lens. You know, it's definitely the sort of like grim for adults twist on it. But there is a blue fairy. There is a jiminy cricket character they there are people who have donkey masks and rabbit masks and stuff like that but it's this sort of like this plague has come down because these alchemists are like doing shit to try to make themselves immortal and meanwhile geppetto and his business partner have built these puppets and they've gone full like animatrix on everybody and killed all the people and taken over the the town and this is all just set up for you to be in this not at all inspired by the game Bloodborne, Victorian setting, walking around it's killing shit with with Pinocchio, weapons from your pee eyes organ. wide shut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's Stanley Kubrick's Pinocchio. At yeah. at the very very end of the game, if you get the 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 good ending, they tease a character named Dorothy who has red you know ruby red slip clicks her heels, and it's like they're gonna go to Oz or some shit with the next game. So they've just yeah they've gone bug fuck insane on this thing. Um, but it's so a many really hours good game. Uh, 
more than I care to tell you. We're pushing okay. 90. So <laughs> 90 hours, like yes. straight? Like well, you just did straight. a bunch of crack and just decided, okay. I don't know how this works. I don't know how you kids play the games these you days. You save them and then you play them again on another day. That's imagine, what you can do now. Okay, Chris, Chris, imagine, imagine a, 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 a marathon of Steven Seagal movies, but you're holding a controller. It's like that. I mean, does my penis count as a controller? Because then you're spot on, sir. No, I'm yes, it does. That's just that's just gross. <laughs> I'm just harking back to the days of Atari when you couldn't save. You literally had to leave the machine on. And oh hope yeah, to God that nobody turned it off. And I now it's the last like, game. Oh, I it's beat. a save point. Yeah, last bit game I beat that way was Super Mario Brothers three on the NES. But since then. You yeah. know, we figured out ways Technology. to turn it the fuck off for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just walk away. Just walk away. So, okay. Lies of P, yeah, it is. Honestly, I would not recommend it to anybody as their first Dark Souls-style game. It is really hard. Um, and these games, the whole the whole deal with these games is that they kind of, like, kick the shit out of you. But then you figure out how they work and you learn their patterns and you get your revenge and then you feel all, you know, badass about yourself for having sort of like, mm, fuck you, I beat you, you stupid thing. You know, that's that's kind of the the dopamine rush you get from these games. Um, Eric, I still contend that you should give uh, Elden Ring a try, but I understand it's not your jam, so that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, Liza I try P, every little, like little. month or so I go back to it and I try and I go, oh, fuck you game. Is it just kick the shit out of you and you're like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's what it's supposed to do. Then you have to like get your revenge. But anyway, yeah, the, the yeah. hand is playing, the... playing it going. I Eric. imagine it's Eric just playing it going. This is not Star Trek enough. And then he just throws it away. <laughs> There's no splatter caster. Now, Eric, Eric yeah. probably is getting his ass kicked by this dude on a horse, like right in the opening area that you really should just not fight. If you run across <laughs> something in Elden Ring that's too tough, like go uh -huh. away from it and do something else until you're. Yeah, but been, that's my problem. There. It's like what's there to do you know like like starfield it's fun because there's like a variety of things i can do but but elden ring seems to be either like like get killed while trying to chop somebody with a sword or 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 not you know those are your two choices <laughs> like i don't know fair enough interesting it's not your thing it's not your thing um but it's my thing and if that is your thing uh, you've probably already played Lies of P, but I will also recommend it, and mm. and I can I can move on here. I can I can say though, if I don't if I don't drink enough water in a day, I get very dark P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat a little asparagus; that'll help. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you'd have more fun making fun of Pinocchio than P. Jokes. I'm <laughs> clearly do not I mean... understand my audience. <laughs> Yeah, and P for puerile, Brian. You have to yeah. understand that. We're just going to go for the easiest joke fucking possible. <laughs> oh, wait. Come on, that takes yep. thought. <laughs> okay, wait. No, no, no. But but since you say that, I've come up with something. Oh, uh, okay. Let's pee on Pinocchio. Let's get a Pinocchio. We'll pee on him. <laughs> There's Pinocchio. <laughs> no. I I'm retarded. Oh. You're in trouble now. Pinocchio's going to be pissed. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh! <wow>. All right. <laughs> like the with, with that said, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a movie. Um, Did it have pee in it? <laughs> yeah. Does it have pee in it? it? Might. Let me think. I don't know. Um. So new awful. movie, new movie on uh on Hulu. Um, 
It's called Quiz Lady and stars Aquafina. Have you guys oh, yeah, yeah, seen yeah. this thing? I saw the, the ads for that. I, was interesting. I've seen the thing, but uh, yeah, haven't watched it. You know what? It's a fun one. It's good. Um, <laughs> you can do worse. You've got That's it. Like well, I say that a lot about movies, but no, I've, I've yeah. done a lot worse uh, this year. Um, <laughs> Quiz Lady is <laughs> another movie in which Aquafina plays Aquafina because um, that's pretty much what she does it's a good um, gig if you can get it yeah and then you've got um will ferrell cameos as basically alex trebek uh which is kind of weird and meta given that he plays trebek on the yeah. old silent live sketches uh but he hosts this quiz show that she's addicted to and jason schwartzman is the smarmy guy who always wins at this show and Aquafina is paired up with uh, comedian Sandra Oh, uh, who plays this just completely self-absorbed asshole millennial, and that's Aquafina's sister. And I, it, there's some shit about like a dog getting kidnapped and their mom owing a bunch of money and uh, shenanigans, but really it's just a bunch of plot crap to to sort of get them into into their little uh, road movie you know sisters bouncing off of each other scenarios um okay. but it's it's a sweet movie one of the things that they managed to do is find a way for every character to be somewhat sympathetic there's no irredeemable anybody's in this everybody's kind of got got a a redemption arc of some kind even the bad guys um it's it's fun it's funny it's it's if you're into Aquafina, it's it's you know it's it's your latest uh, it's your latest dose of Aquafina. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, from the makers of Aquafina, it's more Aquafina, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> okay, so watch it is what you're saying. Sounds like a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. You could do worse. It's on Hulu. You don't have to pay yeah. nothing for it. I mean, except for your Hulu subscription, but yeah. Well, I yeah, I'm just, if you don't have Hulu, maybe it's not worth like subscribing to Hulu to see, but you know, it. if you have Hulu, <laughs> it's right there. You can click on it. You yeah. can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of the streaming this services. Is, the endorsement is, is more ringing the longer you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, that's the main problem is there's, what, 5,000 streaming platforms now? And here's the thing about that, right? Like, I've got all the streaming services, which means that I have an incredible number of things to choose from and not watch. So even when I'm saying things like, hey, it's a movie you can watch it, what I'm really saying is it's probably better than 99% of the garbage on just about any streaming service, according to me. So, you know... <laughs> It sounds like I mean, faint praise, and it is, but yeah. it's not as faint as you'd think. That's just I'm, I'm, I'm not on board with that. With, yeah, I'm not on board with this a la carte system that they've developed. It's just no. I want I want four channels that show various programming, and then I can just honestly, it was better, wasn't it? it? You know, it, everybody no, it was, was watching the same you, thing. Yes, it was, Eric. You're crazy. It was You're too, dumb. Eric. No, Eat, no, no. Ugh. All ugh, I really ugh. wanted was the ability to put together a cable package where I could say, I want this channel, this channel, and this channel, and not have any of the bundling. 
and right. and I didn't want to, you know, I wanted it to be like the percentage of the overall cable bill per channel that it would be. But now it's like you can get each channel, but they're all like, you know, 30 bucks a month or whatever. And and you can pay more for all of it than cable, whatever was. Plus, just your Internet subscription is now somehow the same price that cable used to be bundled with Internet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. but so, you can use the Internet for things other than TV. I mean, the cable subscription was, you know, pretty useless money but i mm. can i can use you know the internet stuff to like do my job so yeah i guess we do we I do guess. like having jobs yeah. well no we like having paychecks we don't like having yeah. jobs that's why I, they have to pay us i like having jobs yeah. i don't have to leave my house to do that there you go <laughs> that's the point <laughs> mm. all right anyway that's uh, that's me for okay. fresh shit who else has got some fresh shit this lady asked for it by name uh do you have something, Eric? I do. Do you want to uh, you want to Rochambeau for it? Okay. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, I don't know. That's just something I heard on South Park once. You go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, so on Apple Plus, I've been watching For All Mankind. Have either of you? This I'm is the this is like an alternate history on this. Is that right? Ah, uh, yes. You haven't you haven't watched it. That's I good. haven't watched um, it yet. It is an alternate history. It asks the question in like the first like i think 10 minutes of the show what if the russians had beaten us to the moon right which mm. sounds like you know a pretty simple uh, uh uh premise but the thing is how basically we got to the moon first and we said yep we won and that's it and like got on with our lives and never went into space really again didn't go to the moon didn't do any of the shit we said we were going to do because we lost to the russians we get this hair up our ass to do better than them and the space race goes on longer and it, it, the the technology that's developed the 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 energy that's put into the space program all ramped up so and the premise is if we had had been shown any humility at all we might be better at things the, the, the well no the premise is that we don't have any humility <laughs> okay it's like we basically just had like yeah small man in the bar syndrome when the Russians beat us to the moon and we never give up like trying to top them. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, again, it's an alternate history. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff you kind of have to, you have to go along with. I really like it. I like the character work. I like the people in it. I like the problems they have. It's a little soap opera E at times, but then so is star Trek. And this is, Okay, it's Ronald D. Moore, you know, who who, who okay. created a lot of Star Trek shows, wrote a lot of Star Trek shows. Yeah. And he is basically doing what Star Trek Enterprise was supposed to be. Enterprise was never supposed oh, okay. to leave the Earth. It was just all the buildup of the the program. This is that. This is I I mean, it really feels like Star Trek part zero. The very, so very they're, they're very trying to beginning. build the warp drive or whatever. Yeah. Right now, we're just like going to the moon, but the moon is the stepping stone to Mars, which is the stepping stone to deep space. And uh, it's the moon, New Berlin, yeah. Tycho City, <laughs> whatever them. <laughs> you, you are you're amazingly <laughs> on target for someone who, yeah. who is making fun of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. yeah, th so so yeah, it's it's all like early stuff. It's. It's the idea of this is what it would take to get that Star Trek utopia, and it's all very messy. Um, 
but it's a really good show. Every every season they skip forward 10 years. They they give you all of the little, you know, bits of there's there's a lot of things they change because they're having fun with alternate history. Like John Lennon doesn't get shot to death, but Pope John Paul does. And uh Teddy Kennedy becomes president after Nixon. It's a whole, you know. It's like it's kind of cute and tongue in cheek, but at the same time, you're going, there's no way that uh, Gary Hart is still going to be a political force with all this going on. (laughs) It's like the world changed. The things that made these people important in our world, if they don't exist, then these people aren't important. They're just trying very hard to not have Ronald Reagan get elected. Is that basically what they're saying here? Oh, he gets elected. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, it's a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like you're 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 being too cute by half, you know. But um, but otherwise, it's really fun. This this even the science part mostly is correct. I like that. I like that they pay attention to physics for once. There's no sound mm-hmm. in space. Um, That's why in space, no one can hear you scream. Yes, 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 exactly. It's true. also because they're not there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> does the pope wear a funny hat does the bear shit in the woods yes exactly so, yeah i recommend it joel kinnaman's the only name i can think of that's in it uh and the 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 sheriff from true blood the guy who's always stackhouse that guy he's in it but otherwise uh, there's a bunch of stuff on apple plus i gotta like go get back to like there's this it's, it's four seasons they're in their fourth goddamn season i was like this really it's been going a while. I gotta watch this. Well, I gotta mean, watch physical. I gotta watch the the monarch show. I've got there's like a bunch of Apple TV shit I gotta get to. Every, every time I hear that, I all I hear is the monarch from uh, <laughs> yeah, Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers. Uh all right. What else yes. you got, Eric? Yes. That's it. That's it. Okay, Chris. That's it. That's it. Uh I watched the hunting haunting in Venice. Because uh, it's on the Hulu's, and uh, it's super forgettable. I just did not enjoy one minute of it, and I was so <laughs> disappointed. Uh, if you're gonna watch, and we've discussed this before, if you're gonna watch uh, Hercule Poirot stuff, uh, watch the BBC TV series, watch the stuff with Peter Ustinov, etc. But uh, Haunting in Venice just seemed rather pointless. Am I wrong? You saw it, Brian. It was the the least of the three Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot uh, movies. I Again, I think in terms of like the cinematography, like the way it's made, I think is excellent. The The movie itself, yeah, it's, it's pretty instantly forgettable. Other than the I mean, fact yeah. that, that they deliberately shoot Tina Fey's bad side. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, you you brought that up last time, and I was watching. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. I wasn't focused on it. So okay, it just, it just, just didn't seem off weird to me. See it? Yeah. Did you both see it on a movie screen or just a TV screen? A big, big ass TV screen. I yeah. saw it on a movie screen, so maybe that's That'll why it jumped it. out at me. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it was whatever. Uh, just like the rest of them, it looked great, but I just. After the murder on the Orient Express with Brana, it just the, it's been this weird steady decline uh, over time, and I just he can't do 
uh, franchise pictures. It's just strange. And we've had that discussion before. It's like he, he wanted it so bad and it yeah. came out of the gate strong with Murder on the Orient Express. And then it was just sort of a law of diminished returns after that. And then when they decided to do the the mustache origin story at that point, I'm like, well, that, I'm was, that was that was bad. <laughs> I'm so fucking out. Just come on. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, so I don't recommend that. Uh, but I will say that uh, this is more for my wife because uh she like me has a very large soft spot for the tv show hogan's heroes from childhood and it's back in rotation on the pluto tv app where you could literally get like blocks of like six shows in a row in the oh, okay uh so just to, to zone out been watching some of that before dinner and whatnot and i'm still amazed <laughs> that the show is as successful as it is because it's literally just oh uh if you want them to understand you these german nazi fucks uh just speak with that ridiculous accent and then they'll just know you're speaking german <laughs> yeah yeah uh and so you get like uh newkirk richard dawson just suddenly going and then we are going to do this and this and it's like they're going oh he's totally speaking fluent german this is amazing yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb so just been watching a lot of uh, old episodes of that as well uh, i i didn't the, realize that was a thing they did that's hilarious oh yeah is it a yeah anytime that he is speaking german and they show that by having him have an accent or is it just the accent is just more than enough for the purposes of this very bad I, disguise i think it's just it's just shorthand for it it's like because they can't do subtitles because that would be too hard because people don't right. want to read and so they just do these ridiculous german accents just to tell you that now they're speaking german wink wink nudge nudge uh so it's just yeah it's ridiculous and then there's just all these ex like ridiculous uh shenanigans every episode that don't make any sense and then like half the time it's like well we destroyed the uh the rocket but it's like, yeah, but you didn't do anything to the plan. So now they're just going to build another one. You fuck with. But OK, cool. Speaking of uh, prison, what do you want, dude? Yeah. yeah so it's, <laughs> but I mean, at, German prisons yeah. famous for their shenanigans from the prisoners perspective during World War Two. I mean, that yeah. that's it's kind of I the mean, thing, right? Yeah. I think, they wanted I think to make I, a TV show version of Stalag 17, but yeah. they didn't want it to actually be, you know, dark. Yeah. You know. I think what, what I like most about it is that they deliberately make every single Nazi look like a fucking stooge uh, every single time. It's consistent. Klink, Schultz, you know, General Borkhalter, uh, you know, etc. It's just they're all just ridiculous people. And it's just, you know, it's just a giant fuck you to all of the Nazis and Hitler and this and that and the other. That I get. I always appreciate that. Just watching it now, it's just as an adult. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that not it's okay for the Nazis to be the butt of the joke? Like we can make they fun need of to them? Be. They need to what be. What about their free speech, Chris? Like, uh, <laughs> they can they can fuck right off with that, as far as I can tell you. Uh, but all I will say in, in uh in ending this little discussion is that uh it's hard to watch Hogan's Heroes as an adult knowing how bob crane met his end and it just puts a weird pall over everything it's just like i know oh. how you die bro <laughs> and it's not good 
<laughs> so, you know, so, so watch the audience I'll, if they don't know how Bob Crane. First of all, most people uh, don't know who Bob Crane is, but yeah, he's uh, Colonel Hogan. Uh, now go watch uh, the movie Autofocus if you want to know all about Bob Crane yeah. and his death. Uh, that would do it way more justice than I could uh, tell you. But uh, that's enough. Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear playing uh, Bob Crane uh, as just this weird sexual deviant uh, who ends up getting killed by what may or may not have been a uh, a liaison with another fellow. It's it's the uh, it's the star eighty of sixty uh, sitcoms. Let's just put yeah. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll move on so yeah uh hogan's heroes kids ask for it by name i know nothing oh, oh yeah that was an interesting thing what's his name who plays colonel clink uh i used to know his name but like warner that Klemper. was one of warner Klemper. his condition for playing colonel clink was colonel clink can absolutely never be sympathetic you're not allowed to write anything for him where we go oh yeah. okay he's a human he's like no fuck this nazi bitch he's he's always a bad guy yeah no and that rings I true like they, that a lot that, that stayed <laughs> consistent uh so yeah it's you know it is what it is it's a blast in the past it's one of my uh my guilty pleasure shows that has remained so uh for 40 years so remain guilty mm -hmm. and a pleasure yeah uh All not right. like them steven seagal things but yeah it's 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 good <laughs> which is which is neither okay it's just guilty guilty yeah. as charged not okay even, not even a pleasure so uh let's get on with it shall we all right uh i think this is another one you you failed to see during the aughts hey brian it is uh this was my first watch for children of men ah uh, it's tough man it's tough yeah. it's, it's just uh, like it's it's like it's like uh 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 hogan's heroes in a way in that it's really funny but you know kind of a little dark but still funny it's pretty dark uh, yeah it's so, a it's a gut punch of a movie and it, it was a gut punch in 2006 but watching it now where we're only four years away from the uh so much ringing true uh it just it, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies when i watch it now it's and a so, world where no children are being born and haven't been born for at least 18 years yeah because it yeah. starts with the death of the the youngest person in the world who's 18 and everyone freaking out yeah and and, and apparently yeah. he was a total dick <laughs> yeah he was like thrust into fame and was just a, a dick and the whole reason he's killed is because he wouldn't give someone an autograph so they stab him yeah and everybody on earth is like oh no blue and that's and how you, it starts yeah and and this what's so great about this movie is you go why why in the hell would society unravel if if you know children weren't being born anymore and over the course of the movie you come to realize it's because everyone understands there is no legacy to the human race anymore yeah and that no to hope. me is awesome that's why i call it a comedy i love disaster movies <laughs> and this is the most perfect fucking disaster movie ever like, like just conceptually it doesn't have you yeah. know like a lot of big explosions there is a mise-en-scene shot uh attack on a car where you know julianne moore gets popped and uh I, it's, all right it's spoilers for children of men everybody 2006 yeah. movie oh yeah yeah that yeah. goes without saying 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we should probably, we'll put that in the intro, maybe. We're yeah. spoiling yeah. it off but, the bat. But basically, yeah, it's, uh, to me, it's the most dystopian movie ever uh, because yeah. it has a lived in feel. Uh, it's still very true to what's going on today. And I look at it to, to this day and I'm like, that's where we're headed if things mm-hmm. don't change. So uh, it's, it's, yeah. So coming at it cold, right? And you know, I'm watching it for the first time in 2023, and this is this is a 2006 movie. So we're like in full on post 9/11 mindset when this movie was made, and yeah, that exactly. is very present, right? Like, so this dystopian future, the year 2027, uh, after it's been 18 years of no children being born, like they really kick it off well and the world building is great because it's a recognizable version of our world but everything's just a little i mean it's it's got that kind of like last of us you know the world has gone to shit thing which frankly i'm bored to death of and tired of seeing but but it's well done here and what's so great is all the world building that's done in the background it's just like slogans on posters and advertisements on on the screens in the background and you know hey it's illegal not to get your fertility check and just a bunch well, of and shit like that and yeah and and the whole world has gone full on homeland security like apparently yeah. in this for probably for storytelling convenience sake like every government has failed other than the british government which is somehow soldiering on with a stiff upper and they're lip. full on yeah, and they're full on totalitarian. Yeah, it's and, like yeah. So that's the option. And <laughs> the, the anti become... the anti immigrant thing, like it's kind of depressing to realize. You know, we were we were extremely. You know, there was the the whole anti Muslim thing going on at the time, and they were obviously extrapolating. But it's kind of depressing to see yeah. how accurate Nothing's that changed. really has yeah. been because we're still mm-hmm. just in full xenophobia mode around here, just not with the. Yeah. Like well, putting him in cages watch- outside the way they do in this movie. Yeah, well, we're watching but, it. In- yeah, I I guess the thing is, I I in this movie at least, I did have that thought, but at the same time, I'm like, if you're England and you are the last place where there is civil society, right, and the entire world is trying to come to England to escape, you know, like their lack of civil society, you kind of need to keep them out. I mean, it's kind of like if you're on a lifeboat. And you are, you know, you have one lifeboat and everyone is in the water because the Titanic just went down. You're not going to fit everybody in your boat. I kind of, it's like, it's a sad statement on, on, you know, like the world there, but at the same time, what else can they really do? This isn't like, this is, I'm just saying, it's not like the, the immigrants, you know, situation we have here where we could totally find a place for all of these people, but in this world it's like it's it's more a statement on boy are they fucked <laughs> yeah well i think i like a great deal about the way alfonso Cuaron set it up he basically stated that he wanted this to be like the anti-blade runner as far as the, the look so it's like everything is just sort of you know falling apart it's gross it's dirty but it's not like plugged in with a bunch of weird future tech that kind of sucks you out of the story he didn't want any of that so that's why all of the the tech and things is sort of just hovering in the background it's why he doesn't do a lot of exposition stuff he just sort of gives you little tidbits here and there and you kind of piece the world together uh and that to me was what makes it so strong and rewatchable 
is because it's just something that you have to sort of absorb. But by the time you get through the first act and the the plot kicks in where they finally get to the point where there's a, a young girl who's probably what, like 20, uh, who's pregnant. Uh, and then you've got the the freedom fighters who are basically trying to use that for their political purposes. And everybody's sort of trying to fuck over everybody else. And it's just chaos. And it just that to me is like that's that's a very real future possibility if none of us get our shit together. And so I watch it now and I literally just like feel numb by the end because it's like I I just I can't. It's not like watching Soylent Green or something where you're like, oh, yeah, the whatever. I get the themes, but it's such bullshit. I watch this. I'm like, that's almost like a documentary. So this is and this is one of the things about this movie that that I guess disappointed me is it starts off so strong with all of this really powerful world building and and trying to get but and 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 i'm sure for a lot of reasons you know character and story and all of that being one of them you know they have to kind of get down to a microcosm but the movie gets smaller right and becomes very focused on the journey of our protagonist uh who is gonna you know basically go on an escort mission for the rest of the video game and get the uh the pregnant woman to safety or whatever well, it's basically it's um, basically the nativity story uh but done in a dystopian future oh gee That's I, what suppose, I, like about it. I suppose that is true but 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 i guess yeah. i i was hoping to see more of the the larger scope and it, it felt like the movie just kind of suddenly turned into a road movie um well i think he was more interested in doing uh like flavor around the edges like Mm -hmm. this is the world this is what they live in but you have to for a story like this you kind of have to zoom in on the micro level uh instead of keeping everything macro because at some point you have to have the the narrative hook to kind of hang everything on and And if it's just you know everything sucks it's all falling apart this and that there's not much you can do with it so i I get why they they did that the point of the story was entirely it wasn't about like us as a society it was just about one guy with no hope finding hope and it's like you yeah you kind of need a you a world that's dark enough for him to have to have that journey but giving well, any other i guess information so that the rest of us can know where we're going i don't think yeah. he cared <laughs> well i like I, I love the just the peripheral stuff that quaron does like mm, when yeah when they sent when they send uh clive owen to his rich cousin to get the transit papers and then the he's like been collecting all of the the great works of art so mm. that somebody's got them and clive owen just looks at him he's like you know why are you collecting shit that nobody's going to see in 100 years because we're all going to be fucking dead you know and it's that kind of thing but he's got like the guernica by Picasso in his dining room, which is all about uh, Picasso railing against the Nazis, dropping bombs on people in Spain just mm-hmm. to test weapons. He's got, you know, Michelangelo's David. And then they look out the back and it's like the cover of Pink Floyd's Animals album. Yeah, with the pig. It's like the, yeah. the pig and the smokestacks and stuff. And then, and that is sort of uh, an anti-capitalist uh, album as it were so there's always like weird little things that he throws in around the edges to kind of give you flavor yeah and he doesn't tell you directly this is what it is 
And so you're watching it and sort of absorbing it. And if you're clued in enough, you can start going, oh, shit. Oh, crap. And then it starts to sort of blossom out a little bit more Mm -hmm. and And adds a lot more depth to it. This is the stuff I really did like. I really like the way that they created this setting and they did the storytelling cinematically and not like in your at no point do they ever explain, for example, why no babies have been born for for 18 years. It's just Mm -hmm. that's the world you're in. Right. I hate when movies try to explain why the shit went down. It's like nobody cares. Like yeah. this is now the way it is. And so deal with it. So I love that aspect of this where it's just, yeah, it happened. Fuck. So I, yeah, go. they just, they, they give it to Michael Caine to basically said, could be this, could be that. Who the fuck knows? And that's basically all we need. They don't ignore yeah. it. You know, you don't feel like you didn't catch something or something got left in the editing. But, uh, and oh, can we talk about Michael Caine in this movie for just a moment? Yeah. <laughs> love him in this he's like full-on hippy dippy dude and he's just hilarious and when he's trying to explain the strawberry cough weed <laughs> to anybody <laughs> that will listen <laughs> it's so funny and then if nobody's interested then he goes into the whole pull my finger i mean it's just like you're such an old grandpa but good yeah. lord it's a fart joke every time he's just hilarious and you can tell he just <laughs> went for it so he's a definite highlight for me uh, Apparently, he based his performance on John Lennon, who he yeah. knew. I was gonna say he looked exactly yeah. like, like in in the 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 pictures on the desk of him. He looks like fucking John Lennon, totally. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird, deliberate choices that, like, should be in your face, but they're not. It's like after you watch the movie, you start picking a parking. Oh, oh yeah, that and this and that. So. Let's talk about deliberate choices that that are in your face, Eric. You were trying to go off on about the car, the the scene that starts with the car, right? That's that that it's all like a single shot. It's hard to find the cuts, uh, but it's yeah. It, it, I guess what what I love is it's just a dopey, boring uh, car trip moment, and they're they're talking and they're laughing and they're sharing stories, and then suddenly you know the fucking zombie onslaught happens to them not real zombies but you know people yeah the but way might as people well be. Yeah, are yeah. fucking zombies yeah it, it, that and the 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 just bottomless violence that erupts from this scene and it's all inside the car i mean it is it is I, so well done i mean yeah. julianne moore in this ostensibly one take obviously multiple takes but still the scene starts with her doing this flirty thing where she's literally like Spitting a ping pong ball from her mouth into Clive Owen's mouth, right? Which I think and, was optical. I don't think that was really going on, right? Sure, but but Come it's still now. it's it goes all the way through that through she does her death scene in the same quote unquote shot, right? Yeah. Like we go we that is a very intensely planned out bit of of a movie, you know, and and this is the movie that Corone makes following Harry Potter and the the prisoners of azkaban Azkaban. and well this uh, one had been in development before he got that right but both Uh, movies have the the big the big continuous shot thing going on and i think it was azkaban where he sort of had enough help from that giant production team to sort of understand how to pull this off and and uses it when he makes this film well they do like uh like four different versions of that uninterrupted shot uh mm-hmm. and i think the longest one is like six or eight minutes and it's the one in the the internment camp 
where they basically follow him through the streets as he's trying to get back to the girl and the baby. Uh, and it's just basically when they did the car escape scene, it's like they, they developed a whole new rig for it. Uh, they had like seats that would collapse in the car. So when they did the pan arounds, the actors could like duck out of the shot so that they could go to the next one. And it's just oh, like wow. really elaborate setups. And it's like, you read this stuff after the fact, you're like, that's a lot of work for, for this. And it's amazing. And I remember when it came out, everybody lost their minds because it was just, it was something you hadn't really seen much before, but you look at it now you're like, oh, okay, I'll get it, whatever. Uh, but so much work went into it and it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen movies like 1917 or whatever that literally the entire movie is that, right? You know, right. Um, Birdman. Yeah, Birdman, mm -hmm. or you know, the Spice Girls video. But uh, <laughs> but I I do think it was really powerful. There was one of the last one of these that they do, which is sort of the big gunfight and escape sequence at the end of the movie. Um, there's a moment where we get some like crap on the camera lens and it's creating this bokeh effect right you know because it's the handheld camera look and and it's got spots on it right and i'm sitting there going oh shit are they now going to have to figure out how to put these exact same spots in every stitched together piece of this <laughs> shot right no. or like were they even there or were they added in post and there's a point during this uninterrupted shot where the spots vanish and it's it's you know it, it gives away where one of the edits is it's where they're painting in a staircase um but i was just like oh damn they they didn't commit to the bit i was kind of well, i see that well, in video I, games a lot though where you get like a, a big screen splatter and it just slowly disappears so that you don't notice it's gone <laughs> yeah well i think that one happened while they were doing one of the sh the takes and the the dp convince Quaron to just keep it as like extra flavor because uh, otherwise it was like a five or six hour reset to do the sequence again and so mm. it's sort of like you know you kind of weigh your options no i'm and they saying ultimately decided add some to keep spots it, yeah. to the last shot in post you know like yeah. hold the illusion like you really did do uh, that it would have been amazing yeah. but anyway well i mean there's so much going on in this thing and ultimately it's about how society has just lost hope for anything because it's like why why bother doing anything if everybody's just going to die and it's all for naught yeah uh and so you do the the big reveal at the end where she's had the baby and then all of the fighting stops in that building and everybody just looks at this child which is effectively jesus let's just be real uh, and mm -hmm. they're like, what in the fuck? And so there's this like couple of minutes where she's walking down out into the street and everybody has just stopped fighting. And it's just so in awe of this tiny, tiny human life. And then just almost on a dime, like an explosion hits and a rocket gets shot into the building and then they start fighting again. And it, that to me is the most perfect encapsulation mm -hmm. of humanity. It's like, we'll stop for like two seconds to, you know, in awe and wonder at the miracle of life, but then fuck you. I'm going to kill that guy. Cause I disagree with them. And it's just like on a heart, like a, like a dime, it just kicks back in. And that's just this little bits like that, that they do through the entire movie to kind of keep you on your toes. Cause it's like, this is not, uh, gonna wind up as some sort of you know great everybody hug it out kind of ending yeah. it's a very ambiguous ending it's like well 
maybe maybe not i mean is it's there just, yeah, anything in human history that where you know death and suffering isn't just replaced by more death and suffering i mean what yeah where exactly. is any show me any happy ending yeah i think i right. think when if 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 this had just been well i guess everything's going to be okay now if it had been that kind of ending yeah this would have been just such a an insult you yeah, had would have been that way screaming at the fuck you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh i do it was one of the early films for chiotel as you for which which you only know him from 2012 because yes. that's your favorite movie is the uh, greatest film ever made yes yeah but he i think he, he this is the same year he did serenity as the baddie uh my wife and i always know him from kinky boots first and foremost and that's what we call him we call him kinky boots <laughs> we don't even use his <laughs> real name uh but he's like the second in command of the the fishes the group that's sort of pro immigrant but he orchestrates that whole uh ambush on the car to kill julianne moore so that he can take over and then do the thing and so that's where you start to see like elements of i don't know like shin fine and stuff like that it's, they just incorporate all kinds of historical uh things and kind of mush them all together for this you know, future pastiche i guess if you will. okay so you get a lot he, of like the yeah he does do one of my favorite things that i wish people would do more of which is um if face? if a character <laughs> is played by a big name actor they are not at all safe and they can die at any moment right uh, um and julianne moore kind of tells you that and and so you know he he removes the notion of plot armor mm -hmm. uh from from the movie pretty quickly and and you're sort of like okay you know I don't I I can't assume that that character is going to come back because they're played by recognizable actor, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the the other speaking of casting, like after the movie was over when I watched it recently, uh I did not forever realize that Charlie Hunnam was the dude with the dreads. Like the other like who was trying to kill Clive Owen through the entire thing. It wasn't until I just watched mm. it and, they, and I saw him cop up I was like holy shit. That's crazy because you don't even recognize him in this thing. It's so weird. Uh, but they basically do the, like you say, the road movie plot. They got to get to point A to point B to get on the ship to go to the Azores to get to the Project Humanity or what was it called? The Human Project. So it makes me think of the Human Fund from Seinfeld. Basically, The Last uh, of Us rips this movie off uh, yeah. plot wise pretty big. Oh, sorry. Interesting. But yeah. Uh, and but much, I've never but read much, the much yeah. more of a film noir though. I, I I what I like about this film personally, besides you know the, you know the obvious destruction stuff, is that it, it, the way they do it. Like you said, it's reverse Blade Runner. It's still a noir though about a guy who is right. disaffected and doesn't give a fuck and is trying to save the day in a dark crap world. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's it's. It, when you start looking at it from the perspective of it's a dystopian nativity story that's what gets me because in clive owen morphs into joseph she's mary they've got the you know the baby who's the savior of the world a lot a lot a lot of and so it's just this weird pastiche of themes Sorry. like you're the savior you, of the world blah blah blah, blah. you die yeah. i die everybody dies. everybody dies yeah a little heavy metal for you 
but then you get like the Blade Runner influences. You get a lot of like Clockwork Orange elements added in. Uh, so it's it's done in such a way that's not cloying though. Because uh, you watch some of these, especially like in the early '80s when they decided to do all the Roadrunner rip or uh, <laughs> Roadrunner Road Warrior ripoffs, <laughs> uh, and so they were all basically just versions of those bits from Road Warrior. It, this is not that at all. It's sort of they they took the elements that they wanted, but they changed them up and made them unique enough to where you don't notice at first glance. And that's what I think I like most about this because it's just. It's such a well-constructed movie, and I have never to this day been able to figure out why it is not even a big cult movie. Like, mm -hmm. you talk to people, and most people don't even know what this movie is, and that's just baffling to me. So, so a lot of cinema from the early zeros is kind of lost, isn't it? There's just this, this, mean, this, this gray area where we, we yeah. have a couple of hits, but mostly... Yeah, all, all anybody knows about are the Star Wars prequels. You know, yeah, the Lord of the Rings, yeah. Matrix. Yeah, but, I, I think mean, maybe I just, that's why it's it's not a big deal anymore because you know we're now obsessed with IP and not actual movies. I guess yeah, this was right before Iron Man sort of changed everything. I guess, but I mean, you look back and it it made like literally every critic's top ten list. It got like three Oscar nominations. It did mm -hmm. okay at the box office. Uh, but it's like it just disappeared like a fart in the wind. It's like it's such a great movie and it's not even yeah. you know, a cult movie at this stage. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Everybody should watch this movie. Yeah, and it, but you it's know, just, who, you know what else disappeared like a fart in the wind? Clive Owen. What? I think the fact that's that the he other has thing, absolutely yeah. no staying power as a, you know, a star or celebrity might have something to do with it. Nobody's running yeah. out to see the, the next Clive Owen movie. Yeah. But I mean, this was like peak Clive Owen. And I guess he had a lot of input into the screenplay as well. Uh, so I don't know why he just sort of disappeared either. But he always just has the perfect hangdog look. Yeah. So he's like, I couldn't imagine another actor playing that role in this thing uh, to the same effective degree. Uh, so it's just it's just this weird blip because I talk to other people. I'm like, you know, children of men, this, and they're like looking at me blank. Like I, they have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, how do you yeah. not know what this movie is? Wasn't uh, it reasonably so least, contemporaneous with city of God? Because uh, I, I remember at yeah, the time maybe, seeing maybe? the ads for city of God. And there's like this big dramatic shot of thing that's shot in a circle. And then there, there was children of men, sea of something, you know, sea of three letter words. What's sea funny? Of, they made they I, made a sequel to City of God that is City of Men. Oh boy, uh, that makes it even. But I yeah. I remember. Being I think City of God about came which out. movie was which at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think City of God predates this one by like four years. That much, okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was just it was just strange to me that it it made sort of a ripple, got some Academy buzz, and then it just kind of disappeared just poof uh, i wonder if I, there's I, a rights issue going on because i had to rent it um it was not on any streaming service i had yeah. i had to rent this well, movie and that, to watch it and that's what i mean it's it's one of those that it's just sort of like where did it why did it fall into this weird crevice because it's literally one of the best dystopian movies i've ever seen i mean it's just i love it so much yeah. but it's also maybe it's because it's such a huge fucking downer 
because even the ending is not that upbeat but the thing is there's a ton of movies that are like equally downer that are you know culturally significant and still around yeah it's like you're right it is there it is a mystery as to why this one isn't yeah it doesn't have the same sort of uh uh, um i don't know awe around it cachet staying power that's it i mean it's just yeah it's just uh it's just a weird one but i will give this one kudos because uh i did when i saw in the theater i was so uh I don't, for lack of a better phrase, I was moved by it because it just, it was like a gut punch. So I sat through the whole end credits uh, and the very, very end of the movie, like the last two minutes, they play a song uh, by Jarvis Cocker called, uh, oh, what's the name of the song? Shit. Uh, Rule the World, I think it is. I think that's what they call it. Um and it, it literally is the most uh fuck you song to everything on the planet that the cream cannot help but always rise up to the top well i say shit floats if you thought things had changed friends you better think again Bluntly put in the fewest of words Counts are still running the world Counts are still running the world It's just a very sweet dirge of the song with piano But the lyrics are just devastating and so it's like you know he's like uh they say the cream rises to the top well i say shit floats and it just kind of rolls through from there but it's such a good song and that's the first time i had ever heard it and then when his album came out in like 06 07 that was like a hidden track and i felt like i had struck pay dirt I was like, holy shit, it's the song Children of Men. And I lost my mind, but I didn't have anybody to talk to about it because nobody knew what Children of Men was. I was so disappointed. I, yeah, I, I, I got to maybe, and you know what? Maybe it's that, that song that is why, but uh, I. It's running I, the world. I, Sorry. I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up because I, I know I watched this and I'm, I'm smiling and laughing the whole time because I know what's pissing everyone off is I'm not going to leave a legacy. It's like, no, you're not. Fuck you. You're not going to leave a legacy. You're doomed <laughs> and yeah. good. Why do you think you're so significant? That your yes. legacy matters. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Yes. Why yeah. do you think you're so goddamn special that you need well, to leave a legacy? And that's what bums people out because they're, yeah. they're like, oh yeah. Oh gosh. What if there wasn't a legacy? What if I wasn't able to like, make a photocopy of me to carry around my dumbass pictures and show people what I looked like when, you know, uh, I was, I looked like them more. Yeah. yeah. You know? you, you, what you do to somebody like that is you ask them to, to, to tell you all about their great grandma. <laughs> God, <laughs> what, what, what well, was her I legacy? It, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think what the, the, the funniest thing in the movie and it sets the tone perfectly is while they're all watching the news about the death of baby Diego, uh, who everybody knew was a dick anyway, 
uh, but they're all really distraught. And then Clive Owen goes up to his boss. He's like, you mind if I work from home the rest of the day? This has really affected me much more than I thought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great, what a great moment to show this character's cynicism early on. Yeah. I just want to get the fuck out of here. And yeah. uh, I got away. And it just, you know, made me think of like, I'm sure there was somebody out there on nine 11 that did the same thing. It's like, yeah, I'm really just affected by this. Yeah, I did that. We know we know i mean we all did that with COVID. it's like yeah do you mind yeah. if i work from home for like the rest Ever. of my existence yeah. <laughs> yeah the rest of my life yeah this COVID thing um, is is really affecting me more than i thought it would yeah well and the other weird thing with children of men too because the whole conceit is there's nobody uh under the age of 18 by the time we get to the movie uh and that really hit home for me because when i went on my backpacking tour through asia like I was only in Cambodia for like maybe three days, but it was only about 20 years after the Khmer Rouge thing and Pol Pot. And there was a huge gap between the younger generations that grew up after Pol Pot and then the old people, like all of the people in between were basically gone because Pol Pot killed them all. And it was so strange. Oh, and damn. so that sort of was a layer over children of men. I'm like, it's a mind fuck when you start thinking about stuff like that. So you could, so you, I could see the characters in this, like Clive Owen, especially where you're sort of just dealing with the idea that there are no more generations. And so it's like, do you just say fuck it or do you soldier on? And so that's mm -hmm. sort of the crux of, of this. But even the people soldiering on are doing it for very selfish reasons. And so it's just everything about this movie. I'm like, it is so, it is so now. <laughs> it just, make, <laughs> I get sad, but then I get elated because it's such a well done movie and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, it's a gut punch, this one. So I do apologize uh, if you went in cold on that, Brian. No, no, it, it was a good uh, movie. Okay. Just, you know. Okay. Yeah. So Yay. it's a, it's a drama. It's, it's a serious and, movie. And, it's a drama. Uh, they got anything like this on Apple TV, man? I wonder. I'm oh, probably. yeah. Probably. Silo. <laughs> Silo. Yeah. Uh, okay. After the, the apocalypse, when everybody is living in like a site, they don't know how it got there. They've been there for centuries. And check it out. I'll talk <laughs> about it next week. Okay. All right. Well, well speaking of next you, week, if you subscribe yeah. to the podcast, you'll you'll hear another show next week. Uh so you uh, should maybe. totally do that. Goddamn and, uh, right yeah. you will. And we're not and, going uh, nowhere, bitch. We're not going yeah. nowhere. <laughs> if Eric can just figure legacy. out what time it is. It's yeah. our goddamn yeah. legacy. <laughs> this is our legacy, everybody. So you have so, to listen to it. So yeah. so yeah. rate it on iTunes and share it with your friends so that our legacy spreads. And then uh, if you want to contribute in some small, insignificant way to our legacy, you can reach out to us. Uh, you can find all of our socials on our website, <laughs> maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, or just search for maghuge or magnificently huge on whatever you're using. Maybe we're there. Or email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. And if we deign to, we'll add you to the glorious legacy of the Magnificent Huge Podcast. And just remember, one day, you'll be dead. Thank you. Life is shit. Life <laughs> is shit. The world is shit. Oh. Yeah. Right. We did it. Yeah, we did. <laughs>